booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine with your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather. Here's everything you need to know. The top five at five. President Biden is taking heat from conservatives over his announcement of a draconian disinformation bureau to police social media in the aftermath of Elon Musk's deal to buy Twitter promising free speech. The first set of alleged war crime charges against members of the Russian military have been announced following mass killings and torture of Ukrainian citizens in Bukha. Revelations in a new book that Democratic Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia, often at odds with the Biden administration, told a colleague he'd be willing to go independent and caucus with Republicans. The U.S. economy shrank 1.4 percent in the first quarter under the Biden administration, largely blamed on the widening trade deficit. The New York state legislature and congressional and Senate candidates left scrambling after the New York State Court of Appeals ruled congressional and Senate maps need to be redrawn because Democrats gerrymandered the new maps to primaries may be held. Days after free speech advocate Elon Musk sealed his $44 billion deal with Twitter's board to buy the social media giant, President Joe Biden is under intense criticism from conservatives for creation of a dystonian disinformation bureau, which will operate under... Homeland Security. Critics are blaming the Bureau as a way for the government to police free speech online. Conservatives slammed the Orwellian New Disinformation Governance Board. Some questioned its timing, given Musk has vowed to make Twitter notorious for censoring right-leaning points of view, a free speech haven. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. We have so many different efforts underway to equip local communities Uh, to identify individuals who very well could be descending into violence uh, by reason of ideologies of hate, false narratives, or or other um, disinformation and misinformation propagated on social media and other platforms. The hashtag Ministry of Truth was trending on Twitter as critics compared the new board to George Orwell's 1984 novel, the DHS says the panel will target misinformation aimed at key points of vulnerability for Biden and Democrats, such as the southern border and Russian disinformation. For the first time, war crime charges have been announced related to Ukrainian war atrocities. Ukrainian authorities Thursday filed criminal charges against 10 Russian soldiers. The soldiers are accused of taking civilians hostage and mistreating them in Buka, a suburb of the capital of Kiev. Ten charges are now commissioned. Attend a charge. These charges are against ten non-commissioned officers and privates from Russia's 64th Rifle Brigade. President Joe Biden has called Putin a war criminal for the attack on Bukha. Here he is back in March. We saw what happened in Bukha. This warrants him. He is a war criminal. But we have to gather the information. We have to continue to provide Ukraine with the weapons they need to continue the fight. And we have to gather all the detail so this can be an actual have a war crime trial. After Russian forces retreated in late March from Bukha, Ukrainian authorities discovered more than 400 dead civilians. Many had been shot. Others were held captive, denied food and tortured. 
A big revelation from centrist U.S. Senator John Manchin of West Virginia, who has opposed President Biden on major issues such as Build Back Better. A new book by New York Times reporters Jonathan Martin and Alex Burns revealed Manchin told Senator John Thune of South Dakota he would switch his party to independent and caucus with Republicans if Thune was named leader of the Senate GOP. Here's what House Press Secretary Jen Psaki back in December when a reporter asked about the possibility of him switching. I know Senator Manchin has been asked about this himself and has spoken for himself, as I assume he will continue to do. Uh, I would just note that the president considers him a friend. He believes they share values about a range of uh, things personally, but also uh, about uh, why they're in public service, uh, which is to make life easier for working people across the country. In the book, This Will Not Pass, a copy of which was obtained by The Hill, Athun reportedly pitched the idea to Manchin on the idea of not formally joining the GOP, rather becoming an independent and caucusing with Republicans. The U.S. Commerce Department reported a 1.4% decline in the U.S. gross domestic product for the first quarter of this year, largely blamed on the widening trade deficit. It's the weakest showing since the start of the viral pandemic in the spring of 2020. It's in sharp contrast to a 6.9% annual growth rate in the fourth quarter of 2021, Supply disruptions are weighing on output. However, underlying strength in consumer and business spending suggests growth will resume. President Joe Biden, however, is optimistic about the economy. Here's the deal. We also had last quarter consumer spending and business investment and residential investment increased at significant rates, both for leisure as well as hard products, number one. Number two. We are unemployment is the lowest rate since 1970. The drop stems from imports surging, exports falling, and a inventory investment by businesses compared with the rapid buildup in the fourth quarter. Fallout from the New York State Appeals Court four to three decision finding Democrats gerrymandered congressional and Senate maps to benefit the Democratic Party at the polls. A court-appointed master is redrawing the maps. The process of gathering signatures for congressional and Senate candidates to get on the ballot will start up again. Their primary may be pushed to August as well. The state legislature would have to pass a law allowing it. The governor's race will not be affected by redistricting and may still be held in June, or it could be aligned in August if the state legislature moves so to do it. Here's election lawyer Jerry Goldfeder on New York One. I think this decision is kind of an earthquake here in uh, New York. Uh, We'll go forward with the statewide primary. We'll go forward with the judicial races, the county races, the political party position races, uh, probably even the assembly because they're not involved. The clock is ticking for Albany lawmakers. They have five weeks left in their legislative session to set the new primary and the new rules governing how one qualifies to run in it. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Nice day. Sunshine today, high up to 62, winds to 21 miles per hour. Clear overnight, the low 44. Sunny day Saturday, the high 65, winds to 10 miles per hour. Right now, 41 degrees, clear skies here in Manhattan. More insistence from the White House that President Joe Biden did not get involved in his son Hunter's business dealings. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki Thursday again made that claim after it was reported that Hunter's business partner had dozens of meetings at the White House when Biden was vice president under Barack Obama. Again, nothing has changed about what I said yesterday. The president does not get involved in the business dealings of his son. 
even through his son's business partners. Nothing has changed since what I said yesterday. Okay. I don't believe you a- answered that part of my question yesterday. He's not involved in his son's business dealings. An exclusive DailyMail.com report on Hunter's emails recently revealed that Joe Biden agreed to pay son Hunter's legal fees amounting to $800,000 related to Hunter's deal with the Chinese government-controlled company. The agreement to pay Hunter's legal fees suggests Joe Biden was aware of his son's overseas business dealings, despite his insistence he and his son never discussed the subject. Hunter Biden, of course, his business dealings under investigation by the Delaware Attorney General. A representative for Florida Governor Ron DeSantis insists Disney, not local taxpayers, will bear the brunt of taxes for Disney. A bill DeSantis signed dissolves Disney as an autonomous area. DeSantis spokesperson Christina Pushaw tweeted Thursday that Disney will pay its fair share of taxes. She blasted comments by local officials who claim the residents would bear the burden if the Reedy Creek Improvement District is actually dissolved next year. Here's DeSantis. We are not going to use your tax dollars to teach our kids to hate this country or to hate each other. Disney says Florida cannot legally dissolve the RCID, a self-governing entity, unless the state covers the estimated $1 billion in outstanding bond debt under their original agreement. The move was seen as retaliation for Disney's opposition to a recently enacted law, which critics dubbed the Don't Say Gay measure, which bans sexual and gender identity education for children before the fourth grade. The Food and Drug Administration says it has a plan to ban menthol from cigars and cigarettes. It's hailed as the most meaningful action in more than a decade related to tobacco control efforts. Jeffrey Fong, professor of psychology at the University of Waterloo, weighed in on the decision. This is a landmark regulation that FDA is proposing. Our projections are that 1.33 million smokers would quit, among whom 381,000 would be African-American smokers. Menthol cigarettes and cigars account for one-third of the $80 billion cigarette market and cigar market with 18.5 million menthol users in the United States. The ban would have the largest effect on black smokers. Nearly 85% smoke menthol compared to 29% of white smokers. The ban could diminish the burden of chronic disease and cut smoking-related deaths. On the flip side, law enforcement warns it would put them under undue pressure when police are already dealing with high crime rates due to the enforcement of the ban and the illicit drug market that could erupt. Well, victory for Elon Musk in his bid to buy Twitter, which is, of course, awaiting final approval, should take about six months. Brendan Carr is a commissioner on the FCC. He rejected a left-leaning organization's claim that the commission has the power to block Musk's purchase of the social media platform because Musk also owns Starlink. Here's Carr on Mornings with Maria. Cable companies, for instance, don't have carte blanche as to what channels they can pick and choose to run. And I think we need that same thing today with social media. And I'm hopeful that Elon Musk is going to bend Twitter's content moderations towards a greater embrace of free speech. But I don't think we need to rely on the benevolence of any particular billionaire. I think we need to put common sense pro-speech guardrails in place here. The Open Market Institute Monday suggested the deal is illegal, representing a threat to American democracy and free speech, and that the government has the power to block it. Oh, my director Barry Lynn said in a statement, Open Markets also believes the deal violates existing law and that the FCC, the Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission have ample authority to block it. 
President Joe Biden wants Congress to approve more aid to war-torn Ukraine. The president is asking Congress to allocate a sweeping $33 billion request to fund weapons along with humanitarian and economic aid. The proposal has broad bipartisan support in Congress. Biden announced the proposed funding on Thursday. And just as Putin chose to launch this brutal invasion, he could make the choice to end this brutal invasion. Russia is the aggressor. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Russia is the aggressor, and the world must and will hold Russia accountable. The additional aid request comes as U.S. and European allies prepare for the war in Ukraine to continue for months and months. Lawmakers return from recess this week and have indicated that they are willing to approve additional aid for Ukraine. Meanwhile, the Prime Minister of Greece, Kyriatsos Mitsotakis, will address a joint meeting of Congress on May 17th. It's historic. It marks the first time in history that the Prime Minister of Greece will address Congress. In addition, Mitsotakis will join only eight other world leaders who have addressed a joint meeting of Congress since 2015. They include Pope Francis, the prime ministers of India, Japan and Israel, and the presidents of Afghanistan, France and Ukraine, and the NATO Secretary General. The historic address will take place on the occasion of the celebration of Greece's bicentennial and the return of democracy to its birthplace. 77 WABC Time Check coming up on 515. Lots going on in sports, I know. And so here's Justin Alec with a look at your sports. Yes, Deb, I am Justin Alec here with your early news sports update. And ah, yes, the time hath finally come. Your 2022 NFL draft first round picks are in. And oh, baby, it was a fun night for American football. First overall pick went to the Jacksonville Jaguars, who selected defensive end Trayvon Walker out of Georgia as this year's headliner. The Jets and Giants were indeed a hot topic as well at this year's draft, with four of the first ten overall picks going to the two squads. At number four overall, the Jets grabbed cornerback Ahmad Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati before selecting wide receiver Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State with their tenth overall pick. As for your New York football Giants, they scooped up defensive end Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon for their, with their fifth overall pick before going with offensive tackle Evan Neal out of Alabama a couple of picks later at number seven. And in my most humble and completely unbiased opinion, the Philadelphia Eagles won the first round with their selection of stud defensive tackle Jordan Davis at 13 and their blockbuster steal of superstar wideout A.J. Brown from the Tennessee Titans in exchange for overall picks 18 and 101. The NFC East is quickly becoming a division that might actually be watchable during the 2022 to 23 season. The draft is set to resume tonight with two, with rounds two and three set to kick off at 7 p.m. Eastern time. To the diamond we go now as the Mets enjoyed an off day yesterday while the Yankees took it to the Orioles during their matinee at Yankee Stadium. The Orioles played right into their scouting report with five, yes, five fielding errors, allowing the Bombers to fill the bases at will before Aaron Judge would smash this long three-run homer in the eighth to put, the, to put New York up 10-2 at the time. Drill deep to left field. There it goes. See ya. A three-run home run for Judge. And the Yankees have broken it open. They lead 10-2. That call courtesy of Michael Kay and the Yes Network. Baltimore would tack on three uh, pretty meaningless runs in the top of the ninth before the Yanks would close out the 10-5 win at home. The Yankees will be in Kansas City to face the Royals tonight at 8-10 p.m. Eastern time. Nestor Cortez will get the ball for them, and the Mets will start a uh, weekend series against the Phillies at home at City Field. Tyler McGill gets the ball, 3-0, 2.35 ERA 
for Tyler. He'll try and improve on that. Here with the early news sports update, I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. All right, stellar job there, Justin. And your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center. Nice day, sunshine or high 62. Still breezy, winds to 21 miles per hour, clear overnight, the low 44. Sunny day Saturday, the high 65 light winds. Right now, we have a reading of 40 degrees, clear skies in Manhattan. Frank Morano is standing by with your business report. I'm Frank Morano with your business report. A very strong day for the stock market yesterday. The Dow Jones up 614 points. The Nasdaq up 382 points. And the S&P 500 up 103 points. Unilever sold fewer products in the first quarter after the Dove soap maker raised prices by more than 8%. That's a sharper increase than its rivals that tested the limits of consumer tolerance in many countries. Consumer products makers across the board have been increasing prices as they grapple with big rises in the cost of energy, packaging, and transport as the pandemic eases. Russia's invasion of Ukraine has further stoked the cost of inputs like cooking oil and grains as well as energy. Elon Musk said he was buying Coca-Cola to put the cocaine back in as he joked about what he plans to do next following his $44 billion acquisition of Twitter. In a late Wednesday gab session with his 87 million Twitter followers, Musk then reposted a meme suggesting that he should buy McDonald's in order to fix the restaurant chain's chronically broken ice cream machines. Musk vowed to make Twitter maximum fun as he continued to drop hints how he intends to run the company after its board accepted his $44 billion buyout bid earlier this week as the world's richest man. McDonald's chief executive says it needs to make sure its burgers and coffee don't grow too expensive for customers as restaurant owners raise menu prices to offset their own rising costs. McDonald's said Thursday that its U.S. locations increased menu prices by an average of 8% in the first quarter compared with last year's period. The company says those increases along with its loyalty program and core menu items including burgers and chicken McNuggets along with poultry sandwiches helped lift McDonald's sales by 3.5%. I'm Frank Moreno on 77 WABC. I'll be back Sunday morning at 8 a.m. on the Cats Roundtable. Thanks, Frank. And looking at futures this morning, the Dow's down 112 points at 33,716. S&P 500 down 27 and three quarter points. The Nasdaq's dropped 124. Gold's up $24.40 an ounce at $1,915.70. And crude oil above $100 a barrel at $106.37. Up this morning, $1.01. One the WABC Early News. Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. Well, there's a big crackdown against NYPD officers using cell phones while on duty. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is behind the crackdown as crime soars in the Big Apple. Paul DiGiacomo is president of the NYPD's Detectives Union. And he slammed Adams during an appearance on Fox and Friends First for his remarks, insisting cell phones are now an intricate part of policing. Well, we should be concentrating more on the criminals and the cops looking into their phones uh, as they should be. Um, you know, what needs to be done is the police are doing their job. We've made over 2,000 arrests uh, since the mayor has been in office with guns. And we've made over 10,000 arrests in the last two years regarding illegal firearms. Uh, What's failing is our justice system. 
Mayor Adams announced he would take aggressive measures to ensure transit officers refrain from being on cell phones while on duty. Adams even asked that people send him photos of any officers they spot who defy his orders. Well, a gang member who allegedly killed an innocent college student while out on probation has been freed once again from jail. Court records obtained by the New York Post show that Bronx Supreme Court Judge Nada Samaj ruled prosecutors and detectives allegedly botched their case against Stephen Mendez before a grand jury. The Bronx judge cited problematic testimony from detectives in the case. 17-year-old Mendez is accused of killing a 21-year-old last fall. He was released Tuesday due to this flawed testimony. New York City Mayor Eric Adams has said that judges need to step up on keeping criminals off the streets. Here he is on The View back in November. We need to ensure that the judges, now as the mayor, I appoint criminal court judges. And I'm going to be extremely clear. If you don't understand that my city must be safe Mm -hmm. and you can't get caught up in the politics of the city, Mm -hmm. but you must make sure that those who are posing imminent threats to our city, Mm -hmm. they are not going to be placed back on my streets and back into my community. That is not going to happen. The judge released Mendez on his own recognizance despite his history of violent crimes and the murder case. She is permitting prosecutors to retry the case, which she is permitting them to retry. They must have uh, this done, though, within 45 days from the date that she is allowing this from her ruling to present their case to a grand jury, which a spokesperson from the Bronx DA's office says they, in fact, plan to do. A police are on the hunt for two motorcycle riding suspects who approach their female victims punch them in the face, and steal their handbags. A total of six robberies happened last Wednesday. Five of those six female victims were punched in their face. Several incidents were captured on surveillance, and you could take a look at that video on the suspects the cops are looking for. It's up on our website, wabcradio.com. Anybody with information is asked to call the NYPD's Crime Stoppers hotline. Here's the number, 1-800-577-TIPS, 1-800-577-8477, or for Spanish, 1-888-57-PISTA, that's 74782. You can also submit tips by visiting the Crime Stoppers website at crimestoppers.nypdonline.org or by messaging on Twitter at NYPD Tips. A bullying attack has left a six-year-old Connecticut boy hospitalized with burns. Police say the boy was set on fire during a horrific bullying attack. This boy, his name is Dominic Crankel of Bridgeport, Connecticut, suffered second and third degree burns to his face and legs in Sunday's attack. Here's the boy's mother. The bully um, called his name and lured him over around the corner. And within a matter of seconds, he came back around the corner screaming, saying, Mommy, they let me on fire. They let me on fire. The boy's sister, Kayla, says her brother was playing with children who live below them when the neighbor's kids allegedly got access to gasoline and lighters in a shed. Police, fire and state investigators are probing the incident. Officials at Bridgeport Hospital say the boy is expected to recover. No charges have been filed yet. Local fire and law enforcement held a parade for the boy driving past his hospital window. A shocking new video shows that a stabbing suspect attacked a nurse with scissors while cuffed to a hospital bed before the suspect also lunged at a cop. 
The suspect's name is Luis Median. He's 30 years old. He'd been taken to the hospital after allegedly stabbing a 41-year-old woman during a domestic dispute in the Bronx. Here he is being taken into custody after the domestic dispute in the Bronx. The 26-year-old nurse suffered minor injuries. Medina ended up slipping and falling in the hospital as a police officer being attacked tasered him with his stun gun. Medina ended up being charged with multiple assault charges and criminal possession of a weapon, according to the NYPD. Police say the woman he allegedly stabbed in the domestic dispute was taken to St. Barnabas Hospital. She was last reported to be in serious but stable condition. Well, there's at least a five-month delay now in a new law in New York City requiring employers to post salary ranges in their job listings. The idea here is to give women and people of color a better shot at fair pay. Employers waved red flags, wanting other demands, though, with lawmakers voting Thursday to postpone its implementation. Traveling juggler John Nations weighed in on the salary transparency law in New York 1. Uh, people don't know what they're worth. And nobody's there to tell them. Nobody tells them what the job pays. That, yeah, that that could probably end up depressing wages across the board. The state labor department says it's now delayed. New York City new law applies to employers with four or more workers, representing about a third of employers, but roughly 90 percent of workers in the city. Your forecast from the Ramsey Monster Weather Center, sunny or high 62, the overnight low 44. Another sunny day tomorrow, highs in the mid 60s and light winds. Well, a man whose Korean War veteran father died after catching COVID-19 in a Brooklyn nursing home has filed a class action wrongful death lawsuit against disgraced ex-Governor Andrew Cuomo and his former top aide, Melissa DeRosa. 59-year-old Daniel Arbini is an outspoken critic of Cuomo's handling of the viral pandemic. He claims his father contracted COVID because of a New York state directive that nursing homes admit COVID-19 patients. The order was implemented in March of 2020 by the state health department. The former governor has been quick to blame others for the nursing home deaths. Here's Cuomo in February 2021. They want to say that the March 25th order brought COVID, is how COVID went into the nursing homes. Now, they coincidentally leave out that the March 25th order was done after guidance by Trump's CDC and CMS. This lawsuit was filed Tuesday in Brooklyn Federal Court in a phone interview with the New York Post. Arbini said the suit, which also names the state and ex-health department boss Howard Zucker as defendants, was about holding state officials accountable. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC.